my wife is the more organized one. So I'm like the Albert Einstein with the uh, the messy desk. And I always tell her, you know, a messy desk means you have a high IQ, <laughs> but she's not buying it. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Thanks for tuning in to episode 23 of While We Were Working, the podcast that helps you as a small business leader tackle all of your people problems. This week, we are going to be tackling the very tough topics uh, that have to deal with remote jobs and how they're being more attractive than in-person opportunities. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to compensate time for your employees. If you're confused about what that's about, listen in. We're going to unpack it. As always, we're joined by Summer Keytron, our client uh, consulting practice manager here at Jumpstart. Hey, Summer, how's it going? Hi, Joey. It's going to be such a great show today. So thank you, everybody who's joining us. Yeah, let's go ahead and get started. I would love to jump into High Low Buffalo. So go ahead and take it away. Let's let's hear yours for the week. Sure thing. So if you're a prior listener, you know that I love to explain a little bit about what High Low Buffalo is in case this is your first time joining us. And it's where Joey and I share our high, um, our low, and the buffalo, which is just completely something random from our week. And this is also something that we do internally with our Jumpstart team. We do it on every Friday on Slack. And it gives uh, really just a great intentional moment for us to celebrate, support, and learn about our team members. So uh, my high for the week uh, was actually a gift that I received uh, from my dear daughter. Uh, you you may not know, but I absolutely love Legos. And there was a uh, Lego set that I had been looking for for some time. And it just so happened to be that she knew that. Um, she found it and she gifted it to me. So never too old to play with Legos. Um, it was so, so sweet because, uh, you know, as you raise teenagers, um, now she's working on her own. She makes her own money. And the fact that she even, you know, thought of it and spent her own money on it was um, just so, so sweet. And as far as the low, uh, I actually don't even have one. I mean, it's been such a great week. As deep as I dug, I couldn't find one. Uh, but I wanted to share a buffalo with you, um, which is that April 26th is actually um, Get Organized Day. So if you're into spring cleaning, um, <laughs> it is your day. But if you're not into spring cleaning, um, it's also National Pretzel Day. Uh, you can uh, clean while eating pretzels. I think that's okay. <laughs> Do you ever eat those like giant pretzels, Joey, with, you know, like kind of the salt and I don't know, I love to eat them with mustard, but like they're huge. Oh yeah, we uh we go to the mall quite a bit and so I'm an Ann's fan and I like to get the ones with the hot dog inside. So that's my my kind of pretzel, but also here in Maryland, we will do the pretzels with uh crab dip 
because uh, everything here has you have to have crab or old bay so if you're ever on this side of town gotta get a pretzel with some crab dip you, you know i have never heard of such a thing but that does sound absolutely incredible so i'm gonna put that on my list of like things to eat as I travel to that side of the country for sure. But how about your week, Joey? What's your high, low Buffalo? Oh, for sure. So my high is that um, my daughter was on spring break this past week and it was just fun having her at home around the house and uh, doing some fun activities together. Uh, we went to a lacrosse game over the weekend and uh, she had a great time. So, that was fun. Um, below, though, uh, is is pollen is kicking my butt uh, over here in uh, the Maryland area. We we actually live in a town, and um, it has the word park in it. So uh, I can look out of my window and see literally hundreds of trees, and they all have pollen. So the trees, the flowers, the plants. Uh, and my eyes are, are terrified. <laughs> oh, so, so pollen's kicking my butt. That's a low, but it, you know, of all things that I could be complaining about, that's, that's a pretty, pretty low bar. Um, I don't have a Buffalo, but I am going to riff off of your get organized day and tell you that, um, of the spouses, um, my wife is the more organized one. So I'm like the Albert Einstein with the uh, the messy desk, and I always tell her, you know, a messy desk means you have a high IQ, <laughs> but she's not buying it. So um, <laughs> believe it or not, the 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 uh, week prior, um, we had some folks over to the house to do a, a deep clean. So she's already jumping the gun on this get organized day because. She's getting her house like totally clean from top to bottom. So Buffalo is my wife really loves to get organized. <laughs> That's great though. It, you know, I think it's wonderful to have a partner that, you know, helps kind of balance whatever we, you know, we are maybe not so good at. Uh, so I think, you know, if she was doing some deep cleaning. Perhaps she knew this was coming and she was just getting ready for it to make sure she was keeping you guys on track. Yeah, she's probably got it circled in a calendar somewhere. <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, aside from the pollen, it's it's been a great week. I absolutely love to hear um, that folks are starting to get out and enjoy um, a little bit more now that you know some of our our COVID restrictions are loosening up. And well, we've got some exciting topics to talk about today. So, are you ready to get into our article? in while we were working. Yeah, let's go ahead. Kick it kick it off, Summer. Sure thing. So while we were working is our weekly recap of a news article or an event that happened um, in, you know, kind of the recent week or so. And of course, because we know that you were so busy working, uh, we wanted to chat about this article today, just kind of bring it to your attention and have a little bit of a discussion about it. And uh, the article that we're discussing was written by CNBC. And uh, they, they mentioned that remote and hybrid jobs are actually attracting seven times more applicants than in-person roles. And I know that we've touched on this subject before, um, you know, as it's, as it's evolving, but 
I thought that the research that was specifically mentioned in here, which was um, research specifically by career builder, uh, was undeniable. So ready, ready to talk about it, Joy? Let's dive into it. Yeah. Sure thing. So um, just to kind of summarize the article, and I'd love to get your thoughts and anything that you're hearing or seeing about um, is that career builder uh, did a survey and they looked at um, some of the data in regards to the hybrid or work from home jobs. And like I said, they found that there was a substantial, a sorry, a substantially higher uh application rate to those jobs that are hybrid or that are remote. So it's no surprise, right, that that there's, um, after working at home for two years, a big demand for these types of roles. But what I found really important is that in an actually uh, like a separate study, that there was 50% of people who actually said in the study that they would consider leaving their jobs if they felt like their employer asked them to return um, prior to them being prepared to. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts just on uh, those few things first, Joey, and then you know maybe we can talk about what companies might want to do to tackle this. Yeah, I I first want to ask, you know, are you surprised at the stats, Summer? You know, I, I can't say that I'm surprised. I know that there are uh, a few that I've, you know, that I've just had discussions with like friends, family members, acquaintances who actually do enjoy going into the office um, just because it's their routine and they like, you know, seeing individuals face to face. So I agree that it's not for everybody, but I think that there's been this giant shift that, you know, it used to be that life revolved around work. But now, after working from home, individuals are now revolving their work around life. And I think that it's um, allowed folks to address priorities and things that are important that they haven't been able to in the past. But uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I know I, I responded to your question with a question, but I just I just wanted to see if we were on the same page. I mean... I'm I'm not surprised either, and I think that uh, folks are now demanding opportunities to work remotely. And I think for the job seeker, that means that those roles are a little more uh, harder to to get because the competition is a little bit more fierce. But for the employer, I think it shows that you can get a lot of great candidates as long as you make that an option. And so, I i mean, clearly, Jumpstart's been remote for 10 years. So, um, this, isn't, this isn't anything new for as far as how we operate. But it's great to see other companies jumping on board and seeing the, the benefit of remote and hybrid. Um, I, I also think about uh, some of the the future, right? Now that, that, that outside is safer, you'd mentioned a lot of the COVID restrictions are, are being pulled back. And what we're saying is, yeah, it, uh, maybe this was induced by the trauma of COVID and the risk of being sick or, or catching the disease. But, but if we had a perfect world, we would still be remote or hybrid anyway. Um, so, it would, it's hard for me to imagine that 
that the predominant reason that people want to not work in the office every day is uh, risk of catching a disease. I believe that the predominant reason is to your point, you know, people want work to revolve around life and there are jobs out there that allow that to happen. I couldn't agree with you more. And when I'm talking to our clients about what this looks like for them, some of the key takeaways are that, you know, they, they may have previously only been competing for talent within, you know, a 30 to 60 minute radius of their office. And so now there's this huge advantage that if they're willing to go completely remote, that now the entire U.S. and potentially beyond is now their talent pool. So I think from an employer standpoint, there's definitely some advantages to being able to do so. And, you know, a couple of other things that I'll, I'll just kind of highlight in this article that are on topic is that, uh, you know, companies can can and should really be focusing on uh, employee engagement and offering things that are going to help promote um, and then also help with their recruitment efforts. So, you know, some of the things that are the hottest topics are mentorship programs, um, conducting state interviews, and really trying to hold on to the talent that you have, as opposed to, you know, placing all of your focus on uh, recruitment as a whole. Yeah, the, the, the worker and the workforce is becoming way more nuanced than it's ever been. And that's going to require a more intentional strategy and savvy strategy to capture the right people to work in your organization. That being said, if an organization by the nature of the work that they do doesn't have the opportunity uh, to be uh, hybrid or in person, I do think that there are very specific strategies uh, that can be deployed to still, you know, to still help them compete with uh, the potential loss of those candidates to uh, to some of their competitors. So perhaps we can touch on that topic on a future episode uh, because I feel like that's a discussion in itself. But we have a really exciting consultants corner to talk about as well. I love the cliffhanger. I think that's so great. Let's keep folks on their toes and we'll dive into that topic on a future episode. Okay, let's go ahead and get into our Consultants Corner. And as always, Consulting Corner in this episode is brought to you by Jumpstart HR. We are an HR outsourcing company that works with small businesses and startups all across the U.S. to help build out a great workforce for your organization. If you have employees that are spread across the country, guess what we do too? So we can help you with compliance, uh, building uh, engagement, and helping with some of the employee relations matters that come up across state lines. So if you have any questions or you're curious, reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com. This week, we're jumping into Consultants Corner, which is our weekly deep dive into stuff that we're seeing in our in our work, uh, questions that come up in our community, and topics that you want us to discuss on the show. And this week, we have a question from the community. The question is, we've always allowed people to use makeup time, 
but I'm hearing conflicting news about whether it's lawful. Can you help? So, Summer, can you tackle this topic and bring us all up to speed on what is makeup time and and uh, if it's legal and if so, for who? I will absolutely do my best. So if there's anything that maybe I skip over or I need to go into more detail on, Joey, please do chime in. But I'm going to try to keep this simple because I think that it can get confusing very quickly. And as usual, I like to always give the disclaimer that um, individual states can have different versions of this. So as you know, many of our uh, prior listeners probably know, um, I'm actually physically located in California. Um, we do serve clients across the U.S., um, but California has um, very specific rules in regards to makeup time. Um, so um, for non-exempt employees, so let's start there. Um, it allows them um, to take time off and make it up in the same work week. Okay, so that's the simplest concept of what makeup time is. And in states where there is no daily overtime, so um, to kind of break this down a little further, California has daily and weekly overtime. So if you work more than eight hours in a day, it counts as overtime. If you work more than 40 hours in a week, everything over 40 counts as overtime. And so that's kind of why I was saying, you know, check, uh, check your individual state's requirements. But in a state where there's no daily overtime, it's pretty easy. So uh, essentially, the um, employee can um, plan to make up time within that week that they would be missing otherwise, right? And if there's only weekly overtime, then there's no problem in doing so as long as they don't go over 40 hours. So I'm going to kind of stop there and say, what else do you think we should chat about or explain in regards to makeup time and maybe some of the most common areas of confusion surrounding it? Yeah, I, I think we're going to dive into the, the areas of confusion. I think um, a, a practical example of that makeup time is, hey, I've got a late start because I have to take my kid to the doctor's office. So instead of coming in at nine, I'm going to come in at 1130 and I'll make up time throughout the week. Or, um, hey, we've got a long day. We've got an 11 hour day. There's a, a client coming into town and we want to take them to dinner and that you're on the clock. So, uh, we'll allow you to make up or we'll, we'll comp that time where you worked 11 hour days and you'll get, you know, three hours off another day or something like that. Those are some of the ways that we see, uh, comp time and making up time. Uh, so now we can get into the fun, fun issues that, that we see. Absolutely. So I mentioned California a little bit earlier, and I'm going to start with issues in California. And then I think maybe, Joey, you can chat about um, or I can chat about whichever you prefer, um, some of the other issues uh, in California. Uh, they are very, very specific of how makeup time works. As I mentioned, it's 
primarily because there is daily overtime as well. So you can only imagine that if an employee is working 10 hours in one day, it would typically mean that there's two hours of overtime. So if they're going to work that and it not count as overtime, there's a lot of rules to play by. So that's kind of the background of why it exists. So in California, those very specific rules uh, to follow are this. Number one, uh, the request for makeup time must be in writing in advance. And um, that's super clear. So in other words, if uh, I know that I'm going to miss time on Wednesday uh, for two hours, and I'd like to make that time up, it has to be within the same work week. So I need to put it in writing. And um, I need to submit that request before I miss the time. You can't do it after the fact. Um, and then some of the other small rules are that um, even when you're working makeup time, it can't be um, more, you can't work more than 11 hours in a day or 40 hours in the week. So uh, those are just kind of some important rules to follow. If you don't follow these, you run some very large risks for not paying overtime appropriately. And that's a very, very scary place to be. Uh, so I think takeaway here is that if you are in California and you're allowing your employees to do makeup time, ensure that you have the proper documentation and process in place. California is really easy to trip up and you know make mistakes in this area, but I think there's probably a couple other like issues or problems that we could chat about as well. Joey, do you have another one? Yeah, I just want to throw in another monkey wrench uh, for the great state of California, where there's actually such a thing as double time, uh, double time overtime. If uh, an individual works more than 12 hours in a workday or more than eight hours on their seventh consecutive workday. Uh, so if you're, I don't know, a uh, accounting firm and it's tax season and you've got folks working eight days straight or seven days straight, uh, you're, you might trigger double time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very rare that we talk about some of these things, but they are laws on the books and they do exist. And so if you have um, employees in California, or you're looking to branch into California, you've got to pay attention to, to some of these things. Oh, I feel like we could probably do a week of California episodes for sure. Uh, but one of the other items that I wanted to chat about uh, in regards to this topic is a question in regards to exempt employees, because we've talked a little bit about non-exempt employees and what that means for makeup time. But sometimes uh, we also get questions about makeup time for exempt employees. So uh, ready to talk about that one? Yeah, I, I, I am. And this is where a lot of non-HR folks get confused about um, what these terms even mean. And to be honest, sometimes even HR folks can get confused. So when you are uh, exempt, that means you are exempt from overtime. Typically, that means you are a salary professional, uh, a qualified salary professional, and your payment is based on an annual wages and not so much an hourly rate. 
Um, when you are non-exempt, that means you are not exempt from overtime. And typically your wages are calculated uh, by the hourly rate. Um, even though that may roll up into an annual annual wage for the purpose of like an offer letter or in a payroll system. But the, the, the difference between exempt and non-exempt is basically if you cross that threshold of that eighth hour in the day or that 40th hour in the work week, is there such a thing as additional compensation? So hopefully that catches us all up to speed. Summer, go ahead and um, I'll pass the baton to you for the next part of that conversation as far as uh, overtime laws for, for non-exempt folks. Sure thing. I, I was thinking that one of the most important points that I wanted to chat about in regards to these individuals that are exempt from overtime is you know kind of this concept of makeup time because I think there's a lot of confusion around it and I've seen companies create their own processes that aren't really best practice and in my opinion do create kind of some different risk that the way that I explain it to them is treating their exempt employees uh, like hourly employees uh, and some of the practices that they put in place. I think blur the line as to whether they are exempt or non-exempt. Um, and so, you know, kind of taking an exempt employee and kind of creating this concept of makeup time really shouldn't exist. Because if you think about the nature of how exempt employees are paid, they're, I explain it like this. You're paying them to do a job. You're not paying them based on the amount of time it takes them to, to do the job. So yes, while part of the job may be, we need you to be available during our regular business hours, and that kind of has time associated with it, it's really the job itself. Now, if their job is more um, based on deliverables and say they're able to finish their job in fewer than the expected hours that day, um, then you're not going to pay them less. But on the flip side, if they uh, take some 10 hours or maybe 12 hours to do their job every day, like that's the job they're being paid for. So while I know it doesn't sound um, warm and fuzzy, just because you are exempt and you're working more than eight hours in a day doesn't mean that you're entitled to additional time off. So I just wanted to mention some of the things that I have seen companies do in this regard that I think are the safe space to play in. And then certainly I'd love to hear ideas that you have. Uh, but typically what I see is for um, consistent schedule-based positions. So most of your corporate type jobs, if they're working a consistent schedule, but maybe you ask them to work on what would typically be their day off, then we're not going to give them makeup time per se, but you would work with that employee um, to coordinate what would be a reasonable alternative so that they are getting the time off. But there shouldn't be like an official count accounting of this. It'd be like, hey, Joey, I really appreciate you working on Saturday. Um, I know that's your family day. So why don't you plan on taking another day off during next week? And um, we'll consider it, you know, we'll. we'll um, we'll consider that your your day off that you you should have received. But that's how I typically see it happening. Like there shouldn't be a formal accounting of how much time that exempt employee missed, how much they're due. Like that's 
like super dangerous. Yeah, and I, I've actually seen that 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 danger where employees will actually start to account and amass uh, comp time, and they'll you know save it for a rainy day, so to speak, and attempt to cash in when uh, it's time to go to HR. And it's like, well, we don't have a we don't have a a, a, a labor category for comp time, so <laughs> you know what is this? And there's also the danger of doing your reconciliation um, in another pay period. Uh, so, for example, um, folks who will say, oh, well, take that extra time off on Monday when you know that Monday is the next pay period. It's probably better to say, hey, if you're working late on Friday, you should take that time off on the the Thursday preceding that Friday so that you are, um, your accounting of everything is, is safe. Yep. That's a really, really great tip. And so uh, I think I'll leave our listeners and you, Joey, with a real quick story of where I've seen this play out in real life when it's not done properly and uh, the danger that came of it so that hopefully if others are maybe uh, not quite on track with their current practice or policies, they understand the importance of getting this straight um, right away. Uh, but there was a company whose name I will leave unnamed uh, had salaried. So in kind of referring back to the terminology that we were using previously, an exempt employee who um, had been essentially challenging whether he was classified properly and was kind of making his case for that he should be non-exempt and had been keeping an accounting of all of the time. Uh, that he had been working over eight hours in a day. And I think that there was kind of this um, challenge within this specific location where they were um, kind of doing this makeup time, but with accounting. And when he became unhappy with his work situation, he used all of that accounting to say, I've been misclassified. Here's all of the hours that I'm now due back pay for overtime. And if you don't pay it, then we're going to go to court and sort this out. Wow. So so how did that turn out? Uh, that one was resolved out of court. <laughs> um, certainly because there were many other individuals in this position in different locations that certainly if. Um, you know, it became public knowledge, then there was a concern that it would become a much larger issue and the company didn't want to take that risk. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen that um, in, in healthcare agency uh, where, because in healthcare in certain states, the overtime laws are, are different. And so if you have an ambitious doctor who opens up a practice and they don't know the HR law around labor and, uh, and overtime and, and meal and rest periods, you run the risk of having tons of people on your staff all doing the same thing that's wrong. And you ultimately have to either settle it before the government gets involved yeah. or sell it after the government gets involved. Yeah. So it's a big thing. It's a big thing. So we've, we've gone on, we have had a, a very um, uh, impactful episode today. 
If this was a topic that was of value to you, let us know on our socials. And also, go ahead and share it with your colleagues. Uh, have it be a talk of the town. And if you want to work with us, reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com. Or if you have a question for Consultants Corner, visit us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com. So until next week for summer, this is Joey signing out and I hope you have a great week. Thanks everybody. See you then. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Got more questions? Then make sure you check out whilewewereworking.com for more tips and resources or shoot us a message on social media. See you next week.